You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's the first day of the week, so it's Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, how was Pesach? Ah, it's laborious. <laughs> <laughs> Choking, spoken like a true zealous. That's a good family. Nah, nah, <laughs> From a family point of view, it's like Christmas, you know, you you're always cursed, but you enjoy it if it wasn't there. I mean, if it wasn't there, you'd be very unhappy. So it's always lovely to see your family and sit and talk and catch up with uh, family news. I'm not mad about matzah and the food that we have to eat, but uh, <laughs> nah, it's for a week. I can give it up for a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Uh, so now and we more... drink cheap wine, which is the worst thing on earth. Oh, really, you know, David? Ma- yeah, you know, Pesach wine is – actually, Baxburg make – it's a pretty good import, I must say, from uh, uh, various places around the world, kosher wines. So, and Baxburg do a pretty good job as well. But anyway, <laughs> and you know, Lindsay, I don't know if you know this, you know, no, on both nights you're forced, you're forced to drink four glasses of wine. You know, that's… You're forced you know, to drink it. You're forced to drink four glasses of wine. You have to drink. You're obliged to sit and relax and drink four glasses of wine, and you can't drink a thimbleful. Mm. You know, it's a measured. It's 150, I think. I can't remember what the what the size is, but it's a pretty healthy cup. Well, this is so a religion I can embrace. You, you can you're pretty puchai after four glasses, oh. <laughs> or you maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be warming up, uh, David. Let's have a look at the markets at the moment. The markets mm, are mm. doing. Very little, actually. I mean, we'll come to the States in a moment. We're in the middle of earnings season. But what about uh, what you're seeing on the JSE? The Omnia story is an interesting one, isn't it? The Omnia story is another story of too much debt in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. It's a worry. And I've been pointing this out almost every day uh, about Omnia. It's been concerning because I've always liked the business. I've liked what, you know, their history. But of the last couple of years, things have really gone the other way. And once you start consulting with banks, it just shows you that the liquidity is under a lot of pressure. The shares are rebounded now. I mean, they've rebounded quite strongly, um, you know, after the publication of this uh, this update. But I think up to now, it's been a pretty pretty difficult situation. So, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure that I would have responded by buying the shares up after the announcement. I would have been a little more worried. But obviously, there's something in there that, that seem to satisfy, um, you know, that seem to satisfy the outsiders. Um, it, it's it's a seasonal issue. They might be caught now because of pre-planting or whatever the the issue is. But, you know, when I saw their last set of results, I was a bit nervous about where they were heading. Anyway, but the uh, market seems to have liked it for whatever, for whatever reason. Yeah, indeed. Um, what have we got? Uh, what else have we got here? No you, you know, it's interesting. S- sorry, so, sorry. I, I'm mm. just looking, Lindsay. You know, it's funny because the markets we suddenly sparked into life round about three thirty exactly now, and uh, this is pre-recorded, or is it? And yes. and we've shot up about we've shot up about two hundred points literally in the last half an hour or so. Uh, we were under the radar. We were under the advantage uh, line and picked up now. And I, I run a little model which tells me what the attribution is. And there seems to be a strong, strong demand for NASPERS coming through in the last few minutes. So to give you an idea or to give listeners an idea, mm-hmm. the top 40 is up 30 points at the moment. Okay. Of which, of which now listen to this, you know, yes. this is how it influence one or two stocks. So there are 40 shares 
uh, or it's, I think it's a little bit more because we double count uh, Investec and we double count uh, Mondi. But of that, of that 30 points, 18 of those come from NASPES. And we've had a big gain in Sassel because of an increase in the uh, oil price. And that adds up 15. So the two give up 33. If we add Richmond in, that's another nine point. That's 42. And then what's taken away from uh, the market uh, are the banks. But it just shows you the influence of two stocks, Nasbers and Sassel, can have on the whole market. You know, it's not broadly spread. Um, Nasbers has a 22% weighting in the top 40, and Sassel's only 4%. But because Sassel is up 4% today, that's where you get the kind of move that we've seen. So uh, if you're trying to wonder where it's coming from, that's where, you know, that's the kind of influences we have. Yeah, if you go on, to Sh- on, on, on the JSC, yeah. If, if you go to ShareNet, you see the top five major movers to the upside at the moment Sassel, Sappy, a company called Vivo, which we can discount, um, Exaro, yeah. and Mediclinic, more importantly. On the downside, we've got Goldfields, Anglo, Gold Ashanti, Into Prop, First Rand, and Spa on the downside. The oil story is very, very interesting indeed yeah. because Mr. Trump keeps on saying, he says things like, uh, I want OPEC to, to open the taps to open the spigots and get the oil price down. And yet he says, by May the 1st, if you are an importer of Iranian oil, you will yep. be slapped with sanctions. I don't think he quite understands economics. I'm, I'm, is it me no. or, is, or, or is, he, no, no. is he contradictory? No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Because he, in the one case, he wants oil price to come down. Mm. And then he, he uh, removes the waiver, uh, which allowed other countries who had deals with Iran to continue. Now he's saying to them, you can't do that, which was most of Europe and uh, other, other people who were importing oil from Iran. So now you can't do that, which means that you're taking a big producer completely out. So who's going to fill that? Now he wants OPEC to say, OK, open up again, you know, just just open up production. In the meantime, OPEC saying, no, we want the oil price higher. So it, it is exactly that. You know, he's he's I don't know whether, you know, shooting himself in the foot, which is. Um, probably the only way we could you know, describe it. Rather odd, though. Why? I don't know. What anyway, do you, what do you do you with know, you know, You've got different people. You, I suppose you've got different people within the American administration who've all got different views on, on what should be done. But obviously, they don't talk to each other. No, <laughs> what do you do with Sassel? You've always said that you don't understand commodities, you can't predict commodities, yeah. and obviously Sassel is a commodity uh, stock. So what do you do yeah. with Sassel? You can't ignore it. It's 4% of the index. No. And I, You know, it's interesting because uh, Sassel is no longer what, – what worries me is that so, Sassel is no longer really an oil company. It's a chemical company. Right. And the, the uh, Louisiana project, uh, the ethylene, ethylene cracker is going to be half of Sassel's business now, you know, certainly in terms of what they pay. They came out with an announcement on Thursday saying that this is going to cost them at the top end of the, uh, you know, it's going to cost them at the top end of the curve or their projections. So it's going to cost them more. Plus, if, if, if you look at the, I don't know what the correct uh, chemicals are, but whether it's ethane or, you know, the input to, sorry, you know, the cost of uh, the product that they make is actually coming down. And, in fact, there's an oversupply of it. 
So you're wondering what the market's responding to. The market's responding to the RAND, which is 14.30 at the moment, and it's responding to the oil price, which has gone up, uh, you know, went up 3%, I think, on Thursday or yesterday, whenever it ran. So it's rather odd because its future is not going to be dominated by those two factors. It's going to be dominated by, you know, what they put out, that this new massive facility. And I don't think they're going to get a return on capital. I don't think they're going to get a return or a decent return on their investment, you know, judging by the prices of their the output and so on. So it's a little odd that it's reacting with such vigor today. Yeah. So that, that remains a mystery, you know, that we've got a crack. Uh, and you need, you, you, one, once they come into production, remember the production is also delayed. So Lindsay, I think it's going to be uh, once they start producing, that we see the benefit. The big thing that's influencing people to buy Sassel is that they say, well, that's going to be the end of the CapEx. Mm. No more CapEx from now on, you know, massive cash returns. I think that's the big attraction. But but I think in terms of pure economics, it's it's uh, we're going to have to change our models in terms of where they make money and how we look at the company. Yeah, we've also got to say to ourselves, if you're very simplistic and don't look at Sassel as an chemical company anymore you say well in the old days it was very simple the oil price multiplied by the yeah. dollar, dollar rand exchange rate and look at the dollar rand now 1429 for goodness sake yeah it was yeah. 13 what was it 1375 1380 a week yeah. ago yeah 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 lindsay i don't know i don't think that's all the dollar i think there's a bit of fears pre-election and perhaps concerns about the whole situation with Eskom. Eskom, despite the fact that Proven Gordon has come out and saying that uh, it's all under control and, you know, the, gum, the companies or the government's not on the brink or, uh, sorry, Eskom's not on the brink of a collapse, I think there are issues that are worrying the market out there about. Um, you think it's RAND weakness rather than dollar strength here? I think there's RAND weakness and there are worries about Eskom. There are worries. Uh, particularly that they needed to go to government for even if it's only five billion rand, they had to get an emergency bailout because the Chinese were a little slow in uh, providing the funding. Uh, that funding might come. Uh, they went to APSA. APSA has given them a, uh, you know, APSA gave them the the money on on condition that the government guaranteed it. So as we talk, the rand's thirteen, uh, fourteen, thirty-two at the moment. So mm. it seems to be outpacing. Uh, other emerging countries. So there is something there that's worrying. And, you know, the backdrop to this, just just understand the backdrop to this is not the kind of backdrop where we should see the RAND weakening at such a pace. Uh, the backdrop is you've got very strong U.S. markets because we've got good numbers out of Coca-Cola. We've got good numbers out of Twitter. These are not the prime companies, you know, that the market's waiting for. I know Coca-Cola used to be, we wait for uh, Microsoft and we're waiting for um, Amazon and uh, um, what's the other one tomorrow? Um, Facebook, Facebook. Yes. And so there's quite an upbeat view. When there's an upbeat view, people generally, uh, you know, the RAND tends to improve against that. So uh, the dollar's not running away. You know, it, it's firmer, but not running away. So there's mm. something there that's, that's disturbing the market, and I would attribute it to, to Eskom. I would attribute it to Eskom as well. I mean, I don't know why the rand is where it is at the moment, actually. I think it should be 16 to 30, not, yeah. not 14, yeah, no. 30. But, I mean, that, that's, I mean, there's obviously flows here and there, and it's a holiday time. But uh, I do believe that this will be a trend that we'll see. 1475 to 1480 is probably the near-term target. Talking about U.S. earnings, 
And go back to go back to nineteen ninety nine two thousand and the listings that were very different listings to the ones we've yes. had over the last few years on the Nasdaq and the New York Stock Exchange. But I, when I see Pinterest coming to the market and doing so well, yeah. I say to myself, "Wait a second, be careful. Yeah. This is yeah. another social yeah. media company, yeah. Pinterest. I've never used Pinterest. Yeah. I'm sure it's very good. Lots of pictures, uh, lots of pretty pictures everywhere. Well, well, but when it comes to the market, that's a sort of worrying sign for an, a uh, curmudgeon like myself. Uh, yeah." In fact, um, the Economist, uh, the lead article this week, mm. you know, the leader was on the unicorns. And they gave that exact warning that a lot of these businesses are not making uh, money. I don't know. What's it? Pinterest. Pin- Pinterest, yes. Or, Pinterest, yeah. I think this is if you're planning a wedding you know, and you start to pin all kinds of sites onto your your board, etc., mm. and uh, you collect certain things and the makeup that you want to use, the shoes you want to wear, and so on. Um, whatever, I, I, I don't know. I just read these things, Lindsay. But mm. but I, I I think the worrying feature is that these a lot of these businesses are uh, disruptors, such as Uber and Lyft and so on. But they make a very important point in the. Um, you know, in, in the economist, they're saying these don't these companies don't build big moats around. In other words, cost of entry is actually quite cheap. So if you've got an Airbnb, it's very easy to build a competitor, as we've seen. And for that reason, they feel that maybe uh, the markets are a little too excited about these businesses. I feel the same way. I, I wouldn't go into Uber. You know, I wouldn't go into these companies. I just don't feel they've got the... Uh, the command, what's the word? They have got the dominance yeah. uh, that allows us to, to, you know, to pay those kind of prices. So I'm on the same page as you. I'm a little concerned about the kind of numbers. And uh, if you think about Uber coming to the market, you know, everybody getting excited. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I don't buy those where you can find competition. Companies. I don't understand uh, why, why, why people get so excited about Uber. It's a fantastic service. I mean, mm. in, in, in Cape Town, I know that if you if you press your Uber app and say, pick me up at the V&A waterfront and I need to yeah. go to wherever it is, there's one there within two minutes. I mean, in other cities in the world that I've been in, it takes uh, five, six, seven minutes. Uber's a fantastic service, but they put yeah. out this note that says we're not going to make money so i don't understand yeah, why yeah. people are getting so excited about the uber well, ipo you see what happens that's the point when they say they're not going to make money and what do we do we become uh, what's the word you know we expect the low value um i think the economist used the word it could have been promiscuous mm. uh in other words uh, we we don't want to we greedy we don't want to pay higher prices for these kind of services. Once they've offered them to us at such a low price, you want that to continue. So at what point have they got to change the model so that they start making money? You know, they want to blast out the competition and then perhaps, as Netflix has started to do, you know, raise prices. But here you are. What's happened to Netflix? Disney. It becomes Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's a point. I, I'm not... Uh, I'm with you and that's why I still stick to the Facebooks I still stick to Amazon you know those where it's going to be a lot harder to knock them off the perch and where they're still very aggressive and they're making money Mm. you know know what I mean these these Facebooks making money Amazon's making big money Uh, you know um, Google or Alphabet's making big money and also got money to do other things so 
that's where I, you know, I would stick. I would, uh, I'd be very careful about going into those so-called new listings, and uh, unless you really feel that they've got the kind of technology that's going to be very difficult to uh, to copy. I, yeah, I, I like monopoly or <laughs> close to monopolies. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, oh, they, they've got a. It's called a dominance. Isn't it strange, so, yeah. David, that we're talking about companies that uh, allow you to put pictures of your your wedding yes. your wedding dress and <laughs> up 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 on a screen, and yeah. companies that allow you to to take a taxi uh, very mm. easily, and uh, gosh, just so many and Disney streaming, mm. so you can watch so you can watch television. So it's all to do with services. There's there's no manufacturing yeah. here. Nah. I mean, no. Boeing's results are out later this week. They're yeah. going to be their their forward guidance is going to be shocking. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, they will be under pressure. We know that. But you're right. Look, there's some good businesses elsewhere. I mean, Honeywell came out. You know that we always we always had Honeywell or GE. Now nah, I've got to go for GE. In the meantime, uh, Honeywell has just completely outsmarted GE. I mean, a different business, great, well run, and so on. So we are getting some some good numbers out of uh, those kind of companies. But I agree with you. There's no, you know, you're not getting manufacturing uh, businesses like that. They are services business, but I suppose uh, everything we do now is, is, is cyber. It's in the cloud. You know, it's not there. It's, I don't know. Mm. And the kids don't. That's what kids do. They, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, play games, stream. It's, it's fascinating to watch. I, 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 um, we FaceTimed ahead of Passover. We FaceTimed our, our grandson in uh, America, yes. uh, Giddy. He was, and we FaceTiming him. And in the background, uh, his dad was on a business call. You know, his, uh, and we could hear him talking. We said, Giddy, go into another room. He couldn't. He looked at us absolutely petrified on FaceTime. Why? He was playing Fortnite. And you can't pause the game because you're playing against your mates, you know. Who oh. <laughs> so He just looked at us with this horrified list. We said, "Okay, kids, we'll we'll speak to you later." Whatever okay, happened to the days? <laughs> whatever happened to the days when kids were out in the park playing a game of football? And speaking of football, David, you're not going to be here next week because you are. Never mind the kids playing games. You're going to be watching games. You're going to be watching football matches, which I'm very sad for me and the vast listenership that you're not going to be around next week. But very no, I'm here next month. Monday. Oh, okay, you so Okay, so but I'm here next Monday. It's the following Monday. I won't be here. Oh, in yeah. that case, well, we're putting it off, but I'll talk about it anyway. There's some big football yes. coming up. Big, yeah. Now, this is this is. I I don't think from a, a English uh, league supporter that we've ever had it so good in terms of what lies ahead. I'm talking about the you know the semi-finals for Champions League, and also Phew. you've you've never seen this, Lindsay. Fight for one and two. Fight for three, four, five, and six, and then a fight for seven as well. So you know, seven gives you access to uh, to Europa. So the company there's there's Leicester, there's Wolves. Uh, who else is there in that area? You know, fighting for for yes. that seventh place. Whereas you've got the others fighting for Champions League, and you've got fighting for the top. And then we've got the semis, and then both Chelsea and Arsenal are in the Europa Cup, and you've got. Uh, Spurs, Liverpool in in the other league. I mean, hell, 
What is the, great, I mean, the most mouth-washing end to a season I've ever known? We've got Ajax mm. versus Tottenham in the UEFA Champions League. We've mm. got Barcelona versus Liverpool, which I, I can't, I, I don't know, it's just, what is it, two weeks away? It's on the 30th, mm. something like that. In fact, it's only a week away, isn't it? No, it's a week away. Oh, no, my no, goodness. No, it's a week. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to concentrate. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. <laughs> at all on this. And this in a season where Ipswich, of course, have been relegated to the third division for the first time since 1957. No. Uh, just on the league, uh, by the way, uh, Paddy Power, my favourite bookmaker, comes out with uh, Liverpool as outsiders at 13 to 10. And I think it's 8 to 10 Manchester City. Would you agree with that? I mean, Manchester City have got to go on Wednesday night to Manchester United. They have to win that game. If they lose that game or draw that game, then I think advantage Liverpool. But after Manchester United losing 4-0 to Everton, then, I mean, what? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think all the teams that have been playing uh, these games are starting to look weary. So it's very difficult to call. You know, I looked at Arsenal. They were... All the other teams have said to Arsenal, yeah, take number three. Arsenal say, no, we're quite happy with number six. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's the way they play. <laughs> well, Man against United Crystal Palace, just, you mean? Against Crystal Palace. Man United didn't even turn up. Mm. I don't know where they were. That's embarrassing. You know, for the kind of money they played. And, and I also think Man United, even uh, Man City, you know, looking very tired, not that not that sharpness that they had mm. uh, to dispatch the other teams and that they've they've been w- getting through but i think i think there's a risk i think there's a risk especially after man united supporter i would be very cautious to uh, to write them off <clears throat> we'll, we'll see, see. we'll see game. exactly <laughs> tomorrow night can't wait and one week oh, I can't oh, wait no. but you'll be here next Monday David no problem I'm here next Monday jolly yeah. good that's David Shapiro from Sassarin in Johannesburg and that was Shapiro World that podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za